At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. It's Doug Gottlieb show. Doug is off this afternoon. I am Aaron Torres, joined by 11-year NFL vet TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, my man, what is going on today on this Friday? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I can't complain one bit. Can't complain one bit. What? First of all, were you fired up last night? I mean, I want to get to speaking of fired up. I want to get to this Raiders Rams uh, fake brawl here in a minute. But were you were you locked in? It's it's so nice just on a Thursday. Now Saturday for the next few weeks until college football Sunday. It's just good to have football back on the TV, man. I'm not gonna lie. I actually was like, okay, four thirty. Hurry up. <laughs> like no lie, I, I was eager to see. I wanted to see how Devontae Smith would look. I wanted to see how Cam Newton would look. So. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. Well, I'll tell you, it is that time of year. Football is on our TVs every single weekend night here now for the next two or three weeks leading into college football, leading into the NFL. And, TJ, there's always a few signs that football is getting close. You know, you you can uh, you got hard knocks. You can smell the grass. I mean, the leaves turn. And there's a brawl at practice somewhere. And usually the brawl happens and, uh, you know, you get the media outrage. Oh, my goodness, how can they do this? 
But the outrage yesterday, Raiders, Rams, dual practice, combined practice, the outrage came from an unexpected place. Again, a Raiders-Rams joint practice was broken up by a fight momentarily. I do want to get to John Gruden. Here is what John Gruden had to say. They know. They know better. Everybody knows better. And again, it wasn't everybody fighting. It'll be on TV. You'll see a bunch of guys screaming and yelling. But it was two guys in a special teams period. And then it was a lot of trash talking that escalated. It's just sickening, really. It's just stupidity. But I'm done with that. It's just child's play to me. TJ, how about, you know, we on the radio, we're supposed to come in hot. How about John Gruden coming in hot? This is sickening. Uh, listen, uh, you know, we, we you played football at the highest level. I played in high school. Pra- practice fights happen, especially this late in the, you know, in training camp. It feels like all the time. Do you believe that John Gruden was really sickened by everything? Or in the back of your mind, do you think, you know what? I like that I saw a little toughness and a little fight from my guys. You know, sometimes I don't know what to believe with John Gruden. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's acting or what, man. I, I, I don't know. But if you don't want to fight, don't practice with somebody else. It's Great simple. call. If you, if you don't want your team fighting, practice amongst each other, and the fight should be limited. Other than that, uh, don't complain when they fight. You, it's you know, it's practice, and so somebody they might do something that pisses you off, and you want to fight. It happens. And again, like with John Gruden, you just don't know. Is he serious or is he playing up because he has cameras in his face? I don't know. But I do know this. We, when I was playing with the Bengals, we uh, never practiced with anyone. Really? And then, yeah, never. And then one year, Marvin Lewis was like, we're going to practice with the Saints. You know what Marvin Lewis did? He didn't let me practice. Really? Because he said, I don't want, I know you're going to start a fight. <laughs> no, that's a true story. I he believe didn't. it. The two days we practiced, me and Chad were not allowed to practice at all. And, and so you know the guys that don't happen. And so you, you hold those guys out. And that's what Marvin Lewis did with us. And, and that's what John Gruden should have done with his team. Like, get out of here with all this damn complaining and all this and that. Shut up. If you don't want them to practice, don't practice or hold them out. Simple. So why do you believe that Marvin Lewis held you and Chad out? Was it you guys You were trash talkers? You were going to rub it in a corner's face if you burned them deep? I mean, why do you think he had you out? Chad, we, me and Chad for sure was going to talk trash. Ch- Chad stuff wasn't going to turn into a fight. Mines probably could have. Okay. And he, he was just being proactive because he knew. He knew. And, and I, don't, I don't mind him for doing that. I, I wanted to practice because when you do go against another team, just your intensity is higher. You, it's more exciting when you go against other guys. I will say that. And so that's the good part about it. And if guys can't be professionals and prevent fights from occurring and taking place, you hold those guys out. But for, I'm not going to lie, though. Like, I wanted to practice because it was fun. It looked – the one-on-one period, oh, my God. I was on the side talking trash, and I couldn't even get a rep. <laughs> and that, that was going to be my question. So what percentage would you say – and I guess every team's a little bit different. And I understand, right? There's limited reps, especially in a joint practice. I get all that. But what percentage would you say do you believe that coaches secretly love this stuff just because their guys are fired up, their guys are, are ready to go, their guys are ready to hit – somebody other than the guy that they've been practicing against every single week I mean to me and again uh, to be clear I think everybody knows uh, I never played at the highest level but I felt like one there was a little tongue-in-cheek acting from John Gruden and I feel like I'd be kind of fired up if my guys were fired up because that means that they're ready to go they're ready to hit somebody they were just glad to be going to get somebody else it's the camp is pretty much over for everyone you finally get to go against somebody else you don't mind the fights. You just don't want anybody to get hurt. And sure. and I think each coach, they're pretty much on the same page when it comes to that. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and fight. Just don't have anyone get hurt type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with John Gruden, you just don't know, man. <laughs> you just don't know. Well, and that, that was going to be my next question for you is, so John Gruden, of course, is going into year four. And like you said, uh, does a lot of stuff for the cameras. Um, you know, his career in many ways was reinvented by the cameras, basically gets fired in Tampa and, uh, you know, ends up being out of football for a few years, goes to the, the, the booth and does a great job on Monday Night Football. And he's kind of this, this quirky guy. And he says all this stuff. And, you know, why two spider banana or whatever? And he does the, the, uh, the, the Gruden training camp. 
And he leverages all of that into a 10-year, $100 million contract. And so uh, I think we all kind of watch him on Sundays and watch him in press conferences like yesterday and kind of sit there and say, a part of the the um, the the I don't know what the right word is. It's not acting, but part of the stage presence we see is kind of what was cultivated during his time on TV. Uh, do you think he is yet feeling pressure? Because I just look at this guy, a hundred million dollar contract. Like I said, he leveraged uh, you know a really successful broadcasting career into the richest coaching contract in the history of American sports, probably the richest coaching contract in the history of sports in general. Um, and I, I do feel like you know I don't know if he's quote unquote on the hot seat because they would owe him so much money. But at some point, it's like, you got to start delivering, man. I mean, this is now year four. you still got your guys goofing off in practice, getting in fights. And I don't know if it, if he seriously was upset and sickened and whatever other verbiage that he used, but it's kind of time to start delivering if you're John Gruden right now. You would think so, right? I mean, not even look at the draft picks that yes. they've had that were high draft picks that have yet to produce at the level expected with, that comes with their draft status. I mean, you, you look at Cleveland Farrell, Ruggs, Jonathan Abrams, the best one, obviously, has been Josh Jacobs. But they've dropped the ball on a lot of guys that were picked high. And, and, and so, but when you have a 10-year contract, I, I, when you're looking at it from John Gruden's perspective, it's, hey, they're not going to fire me. And, and that's the way that it looks. Who knows? But they just, I, I don't know, man. The Raiders, they, they have – they have talent. It's it just with John Grew, man. He hadn't won since he's been with Tampa Bay. Mm. And that was really Tony Dungy's players. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. He won with Tony Dungy's players. And, and so uh, it's, it's up to uh, John Gruden to show that he, he can adapt to today's coach and today's player and today's game and improve the Raiders because thus far it's been lukewarm. Well, and it's a great point by you, TJ, because I think everybody kind of goes back to that Tampa rain. They remember the Super Bowl. As you said, year one, he goes from the Raiders previously to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl with uh, Tony Dungy's players, goes 12-4 and that year in the regular season. Next year, just the following year, 7-9, and nine, and he coaches seven years in Tampa, goes better than 9-7 and seven, just twice in seven years, three losing seasons out of seven in Tampa. And so I think we have this image in our head that Gruden was the modern-day John Madden or he was Bill Belichick or he was Andy Reid when he was in Tampa. Like, like yes, he, he did win a Super Bowl. Nobody can ever take that away from him. But he also really wasn't that successful winning, you know, uh, winning, uh, you know, uh, two seasons again above nine and seven in his seven years in Tampa. And so you go back even to the pre, you know, second iteration of the Raiders. It's not like this guy was going 12 and four every year and then just decided to get out of football for a while. I mean, he was really, frankly, to be perfectly honest, a pretty average quarterback, uh, pretty average head coach in Tampa, 57 and 55 overall in those seven years, including 12 and four in a Super Bowl run. And I think that's part of this that has gotten lost in history is that he probably wasn't as good in Tampa as we remember, even though, of course, as I said, he won a Super Bowl. You can never take that away from him. When you win a Super Bowl, you're always going to get you're going to get elevated, so to speak. And yeah, he had uh, the majority of those main players that Tony Dungy had developed. But you you still got to win with him. And I'm not going to take that from him to where it was like, oh, they were Tony Dungy's players. Gruden had to have put him in positions to be successful. And, and so I'm not I'm not going to take that away from him. But all I know is, since he's been with the Raiders. And the draft picks and things that have taken place got to be better. And, that, and that's just simple. Got to be better. Well, and you look at the on-the-field product, 4-12 and in year one. Okay, we get it. Tear down. Trade Khalil Mack. Trade Amari Cooper. But then it goes back to exactly what you just said, TJ. Uh, you know, in a situation where you get all these draft picks, you got to take advantage of them. They take a couple guys that really, it's not to say that they haven't worked out, but probably not at the level that you wanted them to. Clellan Farrell, all these guys. 7-9 uh, and nine the following year. And then last year, year three, goes 8-8, eight and eight, which, you know, looks like an improvement on paper. But at one point, they're 6-3, and three, 
playing really well. They end up going two and five down the stretch. One of the wins was against the Jets on that last second play that cost yeah. uh, Greg. Uh, what am I, am I blanking on his name? Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Greg Williams' job. The last win was against the Broncos when they were essentially already eliminated from the playoffs in Week 17. So it's like you know, I, I if you just look at the win loss record, it is getting better. But I mean, even last year, six and three start. You're right there. You're right in the playoff chase, two and five down the stretch. They have to improve. I mean, it's just simple. But when you when you have top five draft picks, top fifteen, you got to hit on those guys more times than not. Especially when you draft those guys, and everybody's like, "Wait, wait, why they draft them?" And so it wasn't like when they drafted Cleveland Furrow, everybody was like, "Yeah, he's the consensus. He should be picked." That wasn't the case. That was a shock of a pick. And I'll also say when they drafted Henry Ruggs. That was a shock of a pick. And so when you go out on a limb and draft guys and it's surprising, those guys got to hit. They got to hit because when when you kind of veer off and go against conventional wisdom and what everyone else thought who should have been drafted, and now these guys aren't even performing at the level of where they were drafted, and people didn't believe they should have been drafted where they were drafted, it's a problem. Raiders obviously play in pretty tough division, Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, uh, you know, the the Chargers, who a lot of people have high expectations for. They obviously open that big Monday night game against the Ravens. In your opinion, TJ, what do they have to do from a win-loss record perspective for you or for the consensus to say, okay, this thing is on track, Gruden is the guy, we have a, you know, he, he like, Again, we're not saying he's on the hot seat. We're not saying you're going to fire him with five years, six years left on his contract at $100 million. But what what do they have to do on the field, do you believe, in a division with Patrick Mahomes, in a division with Justin Herbert, that makes you believe, okay, they're actually headed in the right direction? You just want to see progress. It, that You want to see progress. And what is progress? Fighting for a playoff spot. That division isn't easy because if the Broncos figure out what they're doing at quarterback, uh, they're going to play defense yep. with Fangio as a head coach. And so you're in a division where it's not going to be easy. Man, it's just one of those things, man. Like, what is it? You don't know. You just want to see improvement. You want to see improvement. I believe defensively with Gus Bradley there, I played under Gus. Gus is a very personable coach, has great, great energy, man. He's a guy you want to play for. I will say that. And so they're on the right track with that defensively. It's just do they have the players? And, and you you mean they draft Arnett, the corner out of Ohio State. I think people were surprised by that pick. This year, the lineman out of Alabama, people were surprised by that pick. So, I mean, it's not just every blue moon they draft a guy and it's like, oh, what are they doing? It's every year. Yep. It's every single year. And, and so they just need to show improvement, man. They Offensively, they, they have guys now. Waller can flat out go one of the best tight ends in the game. Card is good. They did revamp their offensive line, which I thought, like, wow. I mean, they started – they were giving away good players. And so, uh, you just want to see improvement. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Aaron Torres, joined by TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Doug today. It can happen easily. Few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license, you total your car, you kill somebody. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Aaron Torres alongside TJ Hushmanzada. Coming up, John Gruden not quite on the hot seat yet, but is a starting NFL quarterback starting to feel the heat. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo. 
two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip-syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I am Aaron Torres, joined by TJ Hushmanzada, filling in for Doug. Now until 6 p.m. Eastern time, we will be with you. A lot to get to. We obviously talked a lot about the Raiders-Rams brawl in hour one, as well as Mac Jones. If you missed any of that, you can download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Do want to transition to the NBA, TJ. Know you're a huge Lakers fan. And the NBA, right? The season's over. Olympics are over. Free agency's over. Draft is over. You'd think we would stop talking the NBA, but... It's been a, a, a busy week, uh, you know, on, on NBA Twitter, social media. I know you're not on Twitter, TJ, and I, I'm telling you, stay away as long as you can. But basically, over the last couple days, there was an off-season survey done of 10 NBA scouts and executives naming and basically asking some of the you know most successful, highest-ranking people in the NBA, who is the best player in the NBA right now? 10 executives... Five of them said Giannis Antetokounmpo just scored 50 points in a closeout game in the NBA Finals. The other five said Kevin Durant, whatever it was, 48-49 points in Game 7 against the Bucks. Zero people said LeBron James. LeBron James was not happy. He tweeted on Friday morning, late Thursday, excuse me, thank you, as if I needed more to fuel me, wa- hashtag washed king emoji. Uh, TJ, where yeah, you're you're the Lakers guy. I'm generally a LeBron defender. Um, you know, I I I think he's one of the two best players I've ever seen. Love watching him play. Hope he is, plays at a high level forever. I don't know that I really have a huge problem with ten NBA executives coming off the specific season that we just came off of, saying that either Giannis Antetokounmpo or Kevin Durant is the best current player in the NBA. Man, obviously I'm a Laker fan. I make no secrets to that. But the best player in the world when it comes to playing basketball is Kevin Durant. 
that that's who I, I I don't see anybody better. I know the Bucks just won a championship. Kevin Durant is the best basketball player in the world, and I think everybody knows that. Everybody, even the guys in the NBA, they know that. Kevin, there's nothing Kevin Durant can't do. And, and so, when I watch the game of basketball, and you say, "Who would I rather have on my team?" It's Kevin Durant. Now, LeBron, because of his age, like it's no shame in you've been the best player for a decade plus. It's not many people can say that, and I get the competitiveness. But when when I look at the game of basketball, and it's just so easy for Kevin Durant, man. He he can put up thirty points, and it's almost like he's not even trying. He's just that good. Well, I'll say this: is I, I'm with you in the perspective that I, we all loved watching that playoff run by the Bucks. It was incredible. It was fun. The game six uh, performance by Giannis was iconic. I thought it was a little much that you know the next day there was a lot of people. Oh, this is Giannis's league now. He's surpassed every. I'm with you. I think Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet right now. And I think, by the way, if there was any doubt, he proved it in leading Team USA to gold in the Olympics. But, uh, you know, I guess I, I just crack up from the reaction of LeBron James. I mean, I understand exactly. And I think what you just said is my exact point. I get that you have been great since the time you picked up a basketball. You come into the league at 18. I think it was his second or third game. He has a triple-double as an 18-year-old first year in the NBA. He's been great since the day he walked in the league. He is still great, by the way. Let's make no mistake about it. But he's also coming off a year. He played 45 games, first major injury of his career, fewest minutes per game at any point in his career, Got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, and you could say Anthony Davis went down. Well, Kevin Durant was without Kyrie Irving and James Harden was playing on one leg, and he took them to within literally an inch or two of getting to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, beating the eventual champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. So, like, like I, I, I get where LeBron would say, like, I still got a lot left in the tank. Watch out for us. We just got Russ. We just got Mello. We're coming back next year. But the idea that he could somehow twist this into like a slight, I just, I mean, if he had played 82 two years ago, I thought he should have won MVP over Giannis in the 2019-2020 season that was interrupted, of course, by uh, COVID. I thought he should have been MVP. I really believed he was that valuable to the Lakers and their success, obviously, in ultimately winning a championship. But the idea that this poll taken in this offseason right now off a season where you played 45 games, first major injury of your career, get knocked out in the first round, and there's one other thing too, TJ. He gets knocked out in the first round, and what does he start talking about? Space Jam 2. So it, it's not like he's locked in and, you know, he left it all on the court. They lose to Phoenix. I have no problem with this at all. And I, I just – I don't think this is the time where you got to throw a fit because you weren't voted the best player in the league. I mean, it's motivation for him. I, I, I get that. But it's what you said. Number one, the Lakers did not have a good season. Individually, he had a good season. But team they just – Watching that series against the Suns, it was almost like the best player in the world is not letting his team go as long as they were going. They couldn't get a bucket, man. Yep. Like, we could not make a shot. And it was just like, nah, if Kevin Durant was there, he, call. It, it's, it's going to be a different ball game. And, and it's no slight to LeBron. He's been the best for years, plural, and there's not many guys that can say that. But eventually, somebody's going to take over, and it's Kevin Durant's turn now. And in however many years, it will be somebody else's turn to be that player. But for me, and I'm a, I'm a Laker fan through and through, ain't nobody messing with Kevin Durant. Well, and I think that's part of it too, right? Like you said, and, and this is not to see, you know, this is not we're tearing down LeBron. But like I said, Kevin Durant, 49 points in a game seven. Uh, if his foot is an inch or two back, they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Giannis, obviously an iconic NBA Finals when he was coming in injured. We didn't even know how much he was going to be able to play, if play at all. 40, you know, 50 points in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Here were LeBron James's last two playoff games. Now keep in mind, they were up 2-1. to one. Anthony Davis gets hurt in the middle of Game 4. They lose that one, uh, 192. The final two playoff games... Game five, they lose 115 to 85. 
Game six, they lose 113 to 100. Again, I get there's no Anthony Davis. Credit Anthony Davis. He went out there. He did everything he could. He tried to play. He couldn't play. Whatever. But you're the best player in the world. You can't lose by 30 in game five, 13 in game six. I, you know, I just, I, I, I can't get fired up. And then there's the other element of this too, TJ, which is that Kevin Durant, it appears off the Achilles, is as good as he has ever been, uh, not only in those NBA playoffs, but in the Olympics when you got this young team, inexperienced, a lot of guys haven't played at this stage, and he's just taken over against everybody. And so if you're LeBron James, get out of the first round. And by the way, I'm not going to criticize LeBron James for not playing in the Olympics, but you exit that stage, Kevin Durant steps in. He has an incredible playoff performance. He has an incredible Olympic performance. Don't be surprised when we haven't seen you since game six of the opening round that we're talking about other people. Sorry, guy. I mean, but he need, he needed the break. Even, even had he played, Kevin Durant is just that guy now, and it's okay. It happens. I mean, that's what happens in sports. LeBron is in his late 30s. I believe he's 37. It happens like when you've played as much basketball as he's played. And and it's not the years. It's the extended playoff runs that he continually has. That just wears and wear and tear on your body, man. Like nobody is playing as many playoff games and just as many games in total that LeBron is playing because each year – his team is they advance and they advance far. Minus this year, his teams always make a run at it. So he's playing so many extra games that these guys aren't playing. Not a knock on LeBron. Kevin Durant is that dude. Simple. So obviously it goes without saying uh, the Lakers and Nets are the two favorites in Vegas right now. And I think we and we gonna beat them in a the championship. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't make it. You know, because he's the best player that they're going to win. We're going to beat him in a championship. I believe we have the better team. Okay, that was going to be my next question. Obviously, as you said, and by the way, I don't blame LeBron James necessarily for using this as motivation. Like, like every athlete, every great athlete gets a chip on their shoulder in whatever way they need to. I mean, we all watched The Last Dance. We loved when Michael Jordan got fired up over the littlest thing. We love when Tom Brady gets fired up over the littlest thing. So I have no problem with LeBron James saying this. That's what I was going to ask you is, do you think this translates into next year? Not this one particular thing, but you get the normal offseason. Obviously, last year you play in the bubble until basically the middle of September early October you get no offseason you come back in December you're leading the league uh, in in minutes and all that stuff early in the year do you believe and it sounds like you do this transitions into next year it sounds like you like the makeup of the Lakers going into next season I do they they got the experience Russell Westbrook is going to be money during the regular season they they got shot Carmelo shot close to 40 percent from three-point range you got Trevor Reza that can play defense and shoot the three you got guys that can create their own when they bring in like a Kendrick Nunn to just to supply offense uh, when LeBron is on the bench. The key is, is if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, they'll be fine because their best player is 28 years old. And when your best player is young and if he can stay healthy, you always got a chance. Well, and I will say this is that when I first saw the Russell Westbrook news, I was not a fan of it. But I've come around to it for the exact reason that we're talking about. I mean, LeBron, maybe it was a one-off deal. He gets banged up this year. Again, weird offseason last year, all that stuff. But I think, realistically, not only should we not expect LeBron to play 80, 81, 82 games in a regular season, it's probably not what's best for him, and it's probably not what's best for the Lakers. And so I do think you have Westbrook in there now where – on a night where LeBron either needs a night off or he only wants to play 24 minutes or whatever the case may be, Westbrook can take over games and put teams on his back. And I think what that ends up happening is is that in a weird Western Conference where the the Clippers are going to be without the uh, without Kawhi Leonard for the foreseeable future. Obviously, you know Denver, Jamal Murray's coming off injuries. Utah, do we really believe that they're going to play at the level they did this year? Phoenix, do we really believe that they're going to continue the momentum? Now you put yourself in position where LeBron doesn't have to play 82 games, doesn't have to play 38 minutes a night in 82 games, and you can still get the wins that you need to get the home court advantage, to get the top seed, the second seed, whatever, where you have home court advantage throughout most of those playoffs. I know that historically LeBron hasn't really cared about home court advantage. Just get me to the playoffs and get healthy. But now he doesn't have to worry if he does need to take a night off here in the middle of the season. 
I mean, it's crazy. The last two years, home court advantage really didn't matter because it was really no advantage. We back to normal, so to speak, with, with, with the crowd and the fans. The Lakers, they just have – like, Carmelo can get – Carmelo can play. He can still play. He's going to be able to put points up. And for me, that was hard to come by last year. It was like if LeBron – once AD went down and LeBron was on the bench, it was like, how are we going to score? Yes. Like, it was hard just to get two points. And so, that won't be a problem with Westbrook and Carmelo at all. At least, it, I don't foresee it to be a problem. They're going to be able to get buckets. The problem is, will they be able to – how is this transition? Because it looks like they went from being a really strong defensive team to a – offensive team. I like the addition of Dwight Howard. I just like the physicality that he brings to the table. He not taking nothing from nobody. And so the additions that they've added will be good for us offensively. It's just a matter of when the playoffs come, can we hit shots and can we play defense at the clip that we've been accustomed to watching the Lakers play? This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Aaron Torres, TJ Husmanzada. Joining me, filling in for Doug. TJ just guaranteeing a Lakers NBA title. Coming up, back to the NFL. Jalen Hurts. What happened last night? We don't know, but it's going to be interesting going forward. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. In the 1980s, Frank Farian was riding high as a successful German music producer, but he was bored. German pop was formulaic, dull, and oh so white. Frank had bigger dreams, American dreams. He wanted to create the kind of music that would rival larger-than-life artists like Michael Jackson or Run DMC. So he assembled a hip-hop duo, two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? One very important element was missing, but Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's biggest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip-syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Varian and Ingrid Segui, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Follow Blame It on the Fame wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free by joining Wondery+. Plus. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug is out this afternoon. Aaron Torres, TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Doug. We are inching towards the NFL season. Two preseason games tonight highlighted by the Chiefs and Cardinals. Uh, but the the ever-ongoing Aaron Rodgers saga. Uh, TJ, this thing will never end. And he's back, he's playing, he's this, he's that, he's happy. But of course, it was a... a a relentless offseason in terms of Aaron Rodgers and the information that we got that we didn't get. And, of course, part of it was he was hosting Jeopardy there for a while. So yesterday on Thursday he was asked about you know, the Jeopardy situation. Would he want to host full-time? This is what Aaron Rodgers had to say. That was so much fun. That was just so much fun. I spent a lot of time studying and getting ready for it. I definitely wanted it. If they offered you the job, would you have taken it? Yeah, I definitely would have. I mean, if they would have figured out a way to work it, make it work with my schedule, yeah, for sure. That sound from the Adam Shine podcast. Uh, TJ, so so Aaron Rodgers asked, would you have taken the full-time job if it was offered to you? He says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I take this, uh, TJ, as Aaron Rodgers basically like, I, I know I'm saying all the right things publicly. I'm happy to be back for this last year. We'll see what happens after this season. I kind of feel like we are we are getting ready for a 17-18 week stretch where Aaron Rodgers just pokes at the Green Bay Packers every single time he gets a microphone in front of him. It really is going to depend on how the season goes for him. Eventually, I'm sure his his feelings that that aren't so great, they they will start to dissipate and go away. That that's that's natural. You think but so? If huh? they, yeah, they they will eventually start to go away. That that that's natural, man. You can't you can't be angry forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't want to hold on to that. And so I do I do believe that if they have the season that's expected, but you, you got to look like Devontae Adams. He'll be a free agent. Are they going to franchise him and piss him off by doing that? You got Darius Smith. He's pissed off. So you you got guys within that team, not just Aaron Rodgers, that they don't like what's going on from a contract perspective. And when we're talking guys' money, that's when you start to piss them off. And, and so if they don't have the type of season that's expected of the Green Bay Packers, oh, it will still be at the forefront. But if they if they have a Green Bay Packers season that, that we've been accustomed to seeing – yeah, I, I foresee that not being a problem at all. But don't you think in some ways, TJ, I feel like it could almost be the opposite in that if he has success, um, it's not to say that he won't enjoy the wins and appreciate his teammates. The guys seem to love him. He seems to love the guys. But couldn't it be the opposite from the perspective of, uh, you know, he takes that opportunity to, to really poke? Because I, I feel like if I'm him and I'm playing well and the team is winning, that just validates everything that I've been saying for the last year, year and a half. Why'd you draft by this guy I just we already knew that though right yeah we, we already knew that like why did you draft Jordan Love I think Jordan Love is gonna be fantastic but why did you draft him go get a receiver go get a lineman go do something else you already knew that he he showed that last year of why'd you draft Jordan Love they had a good season and so that it's not gonna be any different as long as Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback and, and guys stay healthy I foresee them having success. I, I truly do. But but as far as him not having success, that would be a shocker for me. me the team not having success, that would be a shocker for me. And then they'll point to all oh, the offseason and all of this was going on. The Green Bay Packers are going to have a good season. I believe Aaron Rodgers will move on after this season because he wants to go and show I can do it somewhere else. And so far, so good with Jordan Love. If he can continue to hold up his end of the bargain, um, you get a bunch of happy parties. 
This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug is out for the afternoon. I am Aaron Torres, TJ Hushmanzada, filling in for Doug. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go, and you think of calling for a ride home. Nah, what's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. Drive sober or get pulled over, paid for by NHTSA. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, TJ Hushmanzada, in for Doug. If you missed any of the show, go back and download the podcast. The Doug Gottlieb Show podcast will be available shortly after the show. And one thing, TJ, earlier in the show, we, we got to this with, with John Middlecoff, but I, I wanted your opinion on it because John was very strong on this, and I, I think it sounded as though you agreed with him. But there is a lot of talk with all these rookie quarterbacks about in a place like New England, when is Mac Jones going to get his shot? Does he deserve the shot? As you said, Cam Newton was phenomenal last night. Uh, in Chicago, it's going to be Justin Fields versus Andy Dalton until Justin Fields gets his shot. In San Francisco, who knows when Trey Lance will get his shot, but Jimmy Garoppolo is obviously still there. Uh, but in Jacksonville, we have this very bizarre Urban Meyer non-committal deal on on who is the starting quarterback. He basically has said it's it's still Trevor and Gardner Minshew is competing with him. And I thought John brought up a great point in hour one. In and what he said was it's not as though uh, Trevor Lawrence is is a problem child or somebody that you kind of have to motivate, light a fire under him, and, and kind of tell him that the job isn't his and there's a quarterback competition. Do you find this uh, again? I'm just a, a guy that sits on the couch and watches these games, but John was really fired up about this do you find it as bizarre that urban meyer is so hesitant for whatever reason to just name trevor lawrence's starter get it out of the way start focusing on week one because it feels very bizarre to me very bizarre i'm sure trevor lawrence is getting a lion's share of the work with the ones but the fact that publicly uh, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be yeah you do yeah you do he was the number one pick for a reason. You're not starting a guy in Gardner Minshew who was drafted, I believe, in the fourth round over the number one pick in Trevor. You're just not going to do it. I don't I don't care. I mean, Trevor Lawrence could stink it up and he would still start and maybe get pulled, but he's not going to do that. And so the fact that it's a quote-unquote competition, that's not true. And the entire locker room knows that. A competition is guys rotating with the ones, guys getting equal reps. And I don't believe that's the case in Jacksonville. Why is he doing it? I don't know. But it's uh, first game of the season, week one, Trevor Lawrence will be under center, and that's a guarantee. Well, and it's bizarre because, I mean, this relationship really dates back to before the draft. I mean, we heard the stories about uh, Trevor Lawrence getting the Jacksonville playbook uh, in January, February, whatever it was, on calls with Urban Meyer. And so it's it, it was no secret that he was going to be their guy. Obviously, he was going to be the number one pick in the draft since probably his freshman year. But he he Jacksonville gets the pick they hire Urban Meyer and they start communicating well before the draft and so that's what makes it feel especially bizarre to me is there is this relationship uh, you know Urban Meyer kind of jumped the gun got the eight ball going uh, by uh, uh, you know getting Trevor Lawrence everything that he needed before the season or before the draft excuse me do you believe it changes anything in Trevor Lawrence's preparation and the Jaguars preparation because like you said he's probably getting the bulk of first team snaps but again publicly it just feels bizarre that this decision hasn't become official yet i'm i'm almost certain he's getting i, I would probably say 90 percent of the snaps with the ones and, and then anything after that is divvied up between men and whomever else I, I just don't understand it i really yeah. don't i don't understand oh it's we don't know who our starting quarterback's gonna be maybe it's just being said publicly but privately, they're operating as if Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback. Privately, when I say privately, within the team, they know. They they know. There, there's just no – Urban Meyer took that job for one reason and one reason only <laughs> yep. because he knew he was going to be able to draft Trevor Lawrence. Simple. Sure. It makes a lot of sense. What about in Philly? We talked a little bit about Jalen Hurts earlier. I understand 
illness, um, you know, and, and it sounded really scary at the beginning there uh, when he got rushed to the hospital. It appears as though he's just going to be out for a day or two and can return to practice. You mentioned it with, with Jalen Hurts a, a few minutes ago. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're a fan of kind of, uh, you know, publicly, we all privately, we all know he's the starting quarterback, but the new coaching staff there doesn't seem willing to kind of uh, just, just name him the guy, let him go, let him work with the ones. That, that seems like a little bit of a weird deal, too. Yeah, the Jalen Hurst. I mean, you're not going to start Joe Flacco. Exactly. You, you're not going to start Joe Flacco. Just Jalen Hurts is our guy. And if Jalen Hurts can't get it done this year, they'll be looking for a quarterback next year. But show some confidence in the man. Show him you believe in him. Because let him turn out to be that guy. You're going to fake believe in him then. Oh, yeah, we've always believed in him. We knew he could do this. No, not really. And, and so – Get behind him. Show some confidence in him. He is, like I said earlier, a leader, natural born. It's just in him. God's going to follow him. Show some confidence in him as an organization that he's your guy. And don't make him feel like, hey, what do I got to do? Oh, what is it? Don't do that. You're not, you, don't, you didn't do it with anybody else. So why are you doing it with him? Fair enough. I, you know, I might as well just go around the league at this point because there are a lot of interesting quarterback battles. I mean, obviously the other super intriguing one that is getting a lot of pub is in Chicago. I mean, Justin Fields is going to be the guy at some point. Andy Dalton. I don't think people realize like he wasn't great for the for the the um, for the Cowboys last year. He wasn't terrible either. And I understand how all this works. Man, you heard what Andy Dalton said. It's ah! my time now. <laughs> yeah, it's my that. time now. Your time is coming, but now it's my time. I'm like, why do you say that? I listen. Uh, you know, I, as a former non-professional athlete, I, I know that's the mindset that you have to have going into every rep, every practice, every training camp. But Andy Dalton, come on, man! And like, I, I feel bad, man, because you know that's one where you know sometimes. I mean, we all hear professional sports is a business. I get all that, but I believe when they signed him. They went in in good faith expecting him to be the quarterback. And then it just so happened Justin Fields was available. And they have to do what's best for that organization. They have to do what's best for their own careers, uh, the front office, and, of course, Matt Nagy as well. I understand why they made the move. I am a Justin Fields guy. I thought he should have been the number 2 pick in the draft ahead of Zach Wilson. But I only bring it up to say uh, I, I get where Andy Dalton's coming from. I feel bad because I don't think there was this intention or deceit to draft a quarterback after they signed him. But Justin Fields is there now. And and he ain't going anywhere. No. And Andy Dalton, I mean, it is what it is. You you know it was a possibility of a quarterback being drafted. I mean, Matt Nagy's, uh, his butt's on the line. Yep. His job is on the line. And so they have a quarterback in Justin Fields who showed in week one of the preseason that, ah, oh, I can do this. And it might not be too big for me as people thought it would be. And so – for uh, Andy Dalton, I just can't believe he said, you know, <laughs> his time is coming, but it's my time now. Like, that was – I don't believe he should have said that because his time is coming sooner, than, rather sooner than later. And so he's going to see that. Andy Dalton, you had your time in Cincy. You had an opportunity last year when Dak Prescott got hurt, and you weren't bad, but you weren't great either. Well, and the biggest thing with Andy Dalton and with, with Justin Fields is maybe that's a little bit of public whatever, but at the same time, it's exactly what you said. You know, Matt Nagy's butt's on the line, the front office's butt is on the line, and we all know how this works, is, you know, you go with Andy Dalton and, and he loses, your your you know, your job is, is over. If you go with Justin Fields and he's if he's successful, you know, he just saved your jobs. But even if he isn't successful, we all know what happens. You go to your boss and you say, man, well, I mean, you know, yeah, but I mean, look, we had the rookie quarterback and it's going to take time and, you know, we play in this division and Aaron Rodgers is leaving now. Give us – and so, you know, Andy Dalton buys you nothing unless he has some superhuman, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, extraterrestrial season that no one expects him to have. Even if Justin Fields is bad, you can always spin it as, well, it didn't really work out, but wait till year two. You know, if Andy Dalton comes in and goes eight and nine in a 17 game season, you can't sell that. You could probably sell Justin Fields going eight and nine, though, uh, if you get him the shot uh, as the starting quarterback. They go eight and nine, there'll be a new head coach developing uh, (laughs) Justin Fields, and they know that. And so as soon as the team 
looks like they're remotely going to start off and the the season is heading in the wrong direction. They're going to put the rookie in there. And hopefully they'll show that, okay, we're we're making – we're getting better as a team. We have a rookie quarterback. We're gaining ground. There's There's no way – that Matt Nagy wants to see another head coach groom and develop a guy that they drafted in Justin Fields. That's just not how it works. And and so they want to see Justin Fields, the the fans of Chicago. Andy Dalton, at this point in his career, he is what he is. He's a good quarterback that, when he was in Cincinnati, could win games and win a lot of them. But, man, he had weapons around him, did he not? (laughs) <laughs> he, he, he had he had weapons around him in Cincinnati. He had weapons around him in Dallas. He doesn't have those weapons this year. He doesn't have the type of weapons in Chicago that he had in Cincinnati and Dallas. He doesn't have them. And so I just look at him. If he is working with less, how do we expect him to do more? Last one for me on these quarterbacks. I mean, where were you at with the five quarterbacks coming in? I mean, there was so much talk after Trevor Lawrence about is it it, – Zach Wilson was pretty consensus number two, and then it was Fields, Lance, Mac Jones, all those guys. I always thought Justin Fields – I mean, I know he made some bad decisions his final year at at, uh, Ohio State in terms of on the field. He threw more interceptions than he did the previous season and significantly fewer snaps. I still thought he was the second-best quarterback in college football last year. I don't claim to have, to be a quarterback expert or guru or anything like that, but I, I just look at at his totality of work. I never understood why it was a consensus that Zach Wilson should go number two. I was surprised he fell that far. Where were you on those quarterbacks coming into the draft last year? For me, it was tough because I was, uh, I was fortunate to be around quite a few of them <laughs> leading up to the process, and so it was – you know, Trevor Lawrence, he he was out here training with us prior to him having surgery on his shoulder. And, and then I, I was able to get on the field with uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields at the same exact time. And then I seen then Trey Lance. And so I, I was able to be around him. And that that's why I try not to, oh, I like this one over that one. I just think that's unfair being around him and, and seeing the progressions in that they're making in their game. But I, I was around all of them. And I'll, I'll say this, though. I didn't think you can go wrong with any of them. It, it was who who do you think mentally was was the best? And you'd have to spend time with them. You have to really watch the film. Because from a physical perspective, there's really not much of a difference. It really isn't like – Zach Wilson throws the ball like he was just born to do it. Justin Fields has a really good arm. He was accurate. He's huge, like, in his lower body. Like, his lower body is huge. Like, his quads. Oh, man, that dude. Man, they're huge. Trey Lance is just a big human being. Trevor Lawrence is a big human being. And so, you just got to spend time with them from a mental perspective because physically they all can really throw the ball. They all have good arms. They can layer the ball and throw with touch and anticipation. It's when you're under sitter and you say set hut, are you able to process information quickly enough without it looking like you're processing information? That's going to be the key. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.